Hey folks, welcome to the First Youth Podcast, a podcast all about faith, teens, and the culture that surrounds us. Today we have Zach Campbell with us. Zach and I uh, have known each other for a long time, going through youth ministry together, driving in a lot of buses and vans on trips and experiences, and chatting at church. He's a good friend, and when we sat down, we watched a video from Brady Shear at Pro Church Tools, which we will uh, link in the notes here, uh, and that video was called Three Things Millennials Want from a Church, The Truth About Church Millennials, which is a fascinating title in and of itself, and the content was great. So Zach and I sit down, uh, watched it, listened to it, and then he gave us his angle as a member of Gen Z, the generation after millennials. So uh, take a listen here. He's got uh, some insights about uh, church and uh, what he expects and the uh, culture around us. So here we go. Danger lurks behind you. Do the whole DuckTales album. Come on, Zach, help me out. What? There's a stranger out to find you. <sighs> What's going on, Zach? much the interview starts now does <laughs> you didn't even press record i, I swear to you i did oh. around 18 seconds 19 seconds uh -oh. 20 seconds it's unlimited too zach so we could be going for a long time uh-oh i'm just kidding they usually take about we usually end up using uh like 45 minutes to yeah. an hour of material that's not too bad. You have a WWJD bracelet on. We talked about this a long time ago. <laughs> I have to mention that again. We would go into Provident Bookstores in Southerton. What's it called now? Friendly or uh, it's next to Berean um, Berean Bookstore, Berean? something like that. It was Provident when we were kids, and we would yeah. Oh, I saved up a dollar. I'm oh, gonna. This cost like five, or six bucks or something <laughs> on eBay, and it came in an envelope. So it's pretty expensive. <laughs> it was like a. It was like a play thing as a child. We were like, oh, yeah, a dollar. That's fine. It's six bucks now. Yeah, it was six bucks. <laughs> that's because it has nostalgia behind it. And then the gods got this one was six bucks, too. Alan Iverson used to wear one. What, the WWJD? Yep. So he was acceptable to mo many Christians. Uh -huh. Alan Iverson wears WWJD. It doesn't matter what he's doing on his free time, but he's wearing <laughs> WWJD. <laughs> so he's made himself one of us. Yeah. That's, that's the way it went. How are things going for you right now, Zach? Um, just hanging out and see. I don't know. I don't hang out with that many people, but not because I'm scared of the virus or anything. You're scared out of your mind. Look, you're crying right now. Oh, yeah. If you're not I'm listening, he's crying. No, I just, I don't know. It's like high school would have ended like a month, or I guess like a month ago. Yeah. But it kind of ended in like March or whenever all this came. Yeah. So it was kind of like you opened up the new, the next chapter way quicker than you thought it was going to come. That's a good way to put it. I mean, that was for me. I don't know if it's for everyone else, but... Probably. Because it was kind of like you are isolated for that, like, April period or whatever. And then mm -hmm. I was like, uh-oh. I guess I gotta, like, start moving on or do whatever else is coming next. Yeah, because even if you didn't feel like it, everybody else was. Yeah. So it was kind of schools probably getting you ready and start talking to you. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to be stuck at home. Well, most schools, I think, went to online again now. Yeah. Or they all chickened out the last second. <laughs> All the Pennsylvania ones, at least. The Southern <laughs> ones, they know what's up, but... <laughs> yeah, they're the ones with the... Everybody else, they, they bottomed out. Oh, man. The Southern ones are all gung-ho. They're the one with... Uh, they got some problems down there. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Jeez. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, it's not... I would say it's certainly not the first time that the world has gone through a health crisis like this before. Yeah. Um, like, so this is the way I've been thinking about it. We're not still in the midst of the bubonic plague, right? No. Like we're not. We don't have Black Death running through the streets. <laughs> so, um, so at some point we will, 
get to the other side of this thing and go, oh, okay, that was a tough time, but we're on the other side now. Yeah. Eventually. Cause I mean, I never had anything in my life, so I don't, you didn't have anything in yours either. No, the only thing, um, if I remember, the earliest memories I had were apparently, like I was born in 1988, so Desert Storm, I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Um, I remember having playing cards. They used to have playing cards, camo playing cards, and they would have the military trucks and helicopters and all that on there. And so I could read up about them, but I didn't understand what was going on in the news, but that's what was happening when I, around yeah. the time I was a young lad. And then the only other one was 9-11. So, but that was like, it was like a couple of months, and then everybody was kind of back to, well, not back to normal, but not um, as long as this is going on. It didn't have... An effect. Well, it didn't change. It didn't change how you went to work. Yeah, you just went to work, or, or um, going to school. You just went to school. Like that, we didn't have any days off for it. Some people went home the day of, um, but it wasn't like, hey, school's going to be off for three months now because there was no, there wasn't. I mean, not that we knew of, and it certainly wasn't that way. Like a danger to Penn Central Middle School. We didn't have that. But the, but I would say it wasn't just over though. The because, yeah, that event was done, but after that, like many things, there's there's all sorts of different, um, you know, streams off of it. So that was that was done, and they were, you know, they had to pick up the pieces in New York, and you watched that every day for a long time. You just tuned in to see what the pickup was in New York, what they were coming up with. Yeah, what they were fixing and all uh, They found survivors today, or, you know, you know, they found more bodies and stuff, and they would talk about all that, and... Um, but then after that calmed down, then, I mean, good grief, we were at war. It was time to go over there and find the people who did this and strike back. That was scary because because I had never lived during any declaration of war or um, large-scale military operation. And that was, and that's when it was like, that's when it felt real. I mean, it was real the whole time, but not living in New York, that's when it felt real, and that's when it felt... Um, there's something different going on right now. And it took a long time for that to... I felt like it never... It didn't end until Osama bin Laden died. That's when I felt like there was like, oh, it's over. Yeah, which right. is weird. Because, well, he was like the main like controller guy or whatever yeah. you call it. But Yeah, and that was, that was 2010 or 11. Yeah, I think 11. Right, so I was at Applebee's and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did, I'm serious. I was at Applebee's eating like honey honey barbecue wings and it came up on the tvs because 2010 or 11 your, your news wasn't on your phone as quickly like no, even you if you had a notification the that they killed him or no no it wasn't like that um you didn't have amber alerts on your phone but we saw it on the screens up in applebee's and we were like whose house is closest and what's funny is we were at <laughs> adam spinio was with us <laughs> and uh, he's like mine is and we're like, let's go so we paid and ran and just sat in front of the tv for like a half hour and they were explaining what was happening and all that kind of stuff. Jeez. And the, so that was like, wow, they, they got them. It, it was just, it, it, what's funny is that's, that that memory was 10 years ago now. Yeah. And the original memory of 9-11 was 10 years before that. So, I'm tw- so we're you know, close to 20 years separated from that. So that's the feeling of Osama bin, or uh, yeah, the feeling of Osama bin Laden dying, which is 10 years ago, is how we felt about 9-11. It was like, wow, that was so long ago. It was, and it was, but yeah, that was, that was weird to process. And Saddam Hussein... Them capturing him in that spider hole, it was, it was wild, man. It was a wild time. International terrorism and taking out the famous top guys was just like, but I they was, did it. Yeah, it was weird. So yeah, this time is akin to that, but 
this is definitely more, I would say, pervasive and disruptive. Yeah. We all went to work. We all, you know, and we just watched to see what was going on during the day. This is like. Now we're all stuck. Yeah, like your job is the threat. That's what the feeling is like. It's like, oh, my job is the threat. It's not, but it's that's certainly what it feels like. So, <clears throat> so yeah, the weird stuff, weird stuff. It is. I just showed you a video, right? Yeah. Okay. Brady, uh, Brady Shear and uh, Pro Church Tools. I'll make sure that we, we link it up on that. And he just said five things that keep millennials from uh, coming to church. Now, you're not a millennial. Mm-mm. What are you? Uh, uh, Have they defined your generation Z. yet? Gen Z? Isn't it Gen Z? I think you're a Gen Z. Or X. I don't know what age X is. Generations. Okay, generation names. Uh, baby boomer, Gen X, Gen Z, Generation Z, or Gen Z? That's me. Okay, sometimes called post millennials. So, what year were you born? 2001. All right, so you, man, wow, you were born in 2001. Wow. <laughs> so you feel about 9/11, how I feel about Desert Storm, which is like I don't really know. Yeah, I wasn't. It was right after December 6th, so like a little bit after, a couple of months. That is difficult for me to grasp. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I can remember leaning over the counter at Home Ec and hearing it over the announcements. That a plane had flown into a... Oh, they told you everything? They told us sitting in middle school, hey, there's... I don't know exactly the words they said, but yeah. they gave us an idea that something really bad was happening in the country and we needed to finish up what we were doing and all go to the cafeteria. So we just all sat trying to get a grasp of what was going yeah. on because the one plane went down, you know, going towards Harrisburg. Oh, yeah, it was kind of near us. Well, one of them was near us. Yeah, so field Pentagon, the field... It was, it was just... Yeah, there, there was a lot going on, so it just felt like who's next you know plane shut down so like yes yeah, so i remember exactly where i was so for the so for you to say like, hey, i was born 2001 that is just nuts to me <laughs> i guess but that's how people feel i'm born 1988 it's like oh man you don't remember anything yeah <laughs> some things so you're gen z so okay so i'm gonna read those things for everybody to be able to hear because it was barna research uh, that came up with these and i'll link that that video but just to read these again so and we'll read them and i'll ask you so the reason millennials don't come to church. Church feels fake or hypocritical. Uh, what do you think of that? I don't think it's fake. I mean, it depends. I don't want to say where you go, but, like, I guess the the teaching could alter, I guess, how you feel kind of because they could mm. be, like, I don't know, it never felt fake to me. I know some people they can say, like, I've heard that before plenty of okay. times. We'll do this because it's – because you're on the inside, yeah. So you know the people who are usually telling the story, you know, preaching and teaching and stuff, and the inside people. But mm-hmm. yeah, so from your angle, you don't feel like it was fake. Yeah, but I feel like if somebody, well, I know any church can be clicky because it's just like, yeah, I don't know, church kids. <laughs> they like they have the same kind of like connections and like faith and all that. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's what makes people feel like it's a judgy place and like, oh, I'm not gonna go in there because they're just gonna say like, look at him, he's new, and right? Then, like it's kind of like. People feel it's like a hit or miss. Like you're gonna go in, you're gonna click, or you're gonna go and you're not gonna click, and then you're gonna mm. be like, "What do I do now?" Right. I didn't make it. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That's not all churches. I feel like it's big. Uh, I feel like in a small. Like if I was just a random kid right now, like you put me down, like like Pittsburgh or something, I'm not yeah. gonna go to like the small church. I'd probably go to the bigger church, but at the same time, the bigger, bigger church, church because. You're like, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to fit in there, but the small church, you don't want to have that interaction with, like, 100 <laughs> people only. 
compared to like 400 on like a Sunday morning. Yeah, if you go with uh, if you go with a small church, it's not easy to hide. A big church, at least you can skirt around yeah. the edges, and there's more chance that you'll see somebody that is like you. Yeah, so it yeah. kind of gives you a better chance, but then at the same time, it can be even more clicky there. Mm-hmm. But it depends on who the people are and all that. Yeah, you know, when we started this last year, we we put that down like uh, a click is only a problem if you're not in it. Mm-hmm. If you're in a click, you you, you don't for, even notice. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, if you're in a click, um, it's it's more likely that you just have a lot of friends that you're really close and connected to. Yeah, and the only people that have problems with clicks are the people who are outside that strong connection because they feel like they're not allowed in. So that's definitely a problem for churches to solve. That's mm-hmm. not just some, and maybe it maybe to manage as well, like some tensions there because you do want people to be close. Yeah, because that's all you want when you get in there is you <laughs> want to be a part of a, a click. Find you find know? something. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's but the, the I think the danger you're probably talking about is if people are trying to keep other people out. If yeah. they're like, look at this new kid, we're not going to let him break in here. That's a problem. Yeah. The churches say one thing and do another. Churches are hypocritical. It said, like, do you see? Do you feel like people outside of the church look at the church and go, they say one thing, but this is actually what they do. They don't act like what they say is important. Um, I feel like some churches and kind of like, I don't know, like kind of say like they're for the, like for the Bible and all this stuff. Yeah, and then they'll kind of support something you wouldn't think they would support. Like, I don't even know how to explain it really. Like, yeah. They all, they believe the same thing, like, they share the same thoughts and the faith and teach you the right stuff, but, like, I guess it's kind of who they let control, the, like, the leaders maybe at the top could be a little hypocritical when they leave church even, mm. like, social media and stuff that you don't see, but mm. if you really know them, you'll figure it out and find it. Did you ever feel like that? Because you, you've got a story, right? I mean, at one point, everybody goes through, you know, Oh yeah. you know, I was younger and then I got older and I started seeing things differently. Did yeah, you feel like uh, you saw that? I saw it in, like, people at church. Okay. Like, my friends and stuff. Not, like, any... I don't think any adults I did, but, like, you'd have, like, a friend... Well, not a friend. Like, a lifelong, like, middle school or, like, mm-hmm. high school. And then it's kind of... High school, I feel like, is when they start to figure out, like, the four years you kind of get to know who people are. Yeah. Which you wouldn't think that. You think of, like, middle school, you're like, okay, they're a pretty good friend. Like, they're gonna mm-hmm. be there. But then high school is when it kind of changes, and you're like, all right, I need to start to figure out who these real, like, who the people are themselves in and out of church or even in and out of school because mm-hmm. you have a big difference when you go to school compared to when you're at church. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly can be, especially because church, you're just sitting around surrounded by a whole bunch of people that are like, yeah, yeah, we're all in this together. And then you go to school and you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people that are like, we're not at this together. Yeah, and then right? you just conform and you're like, oh, okay, I'll go over here a little bit. Yeah. And then you want to go in church a little bit. It starts, it's, it's difficult, too, to be able to do any of that uh, to be a strong Christian in school mm-hmm. and not seem like you're flip-flopping all over the place. But people are trying to find friends, too. I think if, I think if you know, maybe some of the hard part of being a teenager is people make, not that you're saying this, but you, know, you make an act, like, like uh, people are all over the place with their, you know, if, if I'm, I'm not going to sing worship songs in Penridge, Walking around, <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't. Always. I didn't sing worship songs in Penridge. That didn't mean that I was ashamed of being a Christian. It was just like, I don't know, if you're singing in the hallway real loud, you're a weirdo. Like it doesn't matter what you're singing. <laughs> you could be singing the Ducktales theme. If you're singing in the hallways, it's just weird. It doesn't mean anything to to not sing in the hallways. That's okay. But okay, so churches are hypocritical. Churches are feel fake that they're hypocritical. 
That is something for churches to solve. You certainly don't want to act one way just because you're in church on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I don't know if they can ever solve it, but like, it's kind of just because you're gonna let everybody in the church. You're not gonna be like, ah, mm-hmm. you leave. You look like that. Like you're this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just on the person and the people who come and come and leave the church to kind of keep that same reputation. Yeah. And like, if they're if they're always at church and you know they're at church, like at least show that kind of when you're out in the public or you're like out in not a church atmosphere. I think leadership's a big part of that. Like, somebody will say, um, Liberty University. This is one they get oh, a lot. Boy. They say, uh, <laughs> did you say, oh, boy? I mean, I feel like I can know where you're going to go with it. But. Right, because people say it's a Christian university, yeah. and then there's some people who go, oh, there's nothing Christian about it. Like, yeah. go there and spend some That's time a- there. Is that what you hear? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's a lot of rules, and, like, they'll tell you that, or, like, friends will be like, oh, you're going to go to Liberty? Like, you had to go to bed at 11 and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it's probably true, but, I mean, at the same time, if you really want to wean out of that and try to escape it you can easily do sure. it if you want yeah man we were at we were at uh the school i went to had a kid during finals week had of this jack daniels or some sort of liquor in a small <laughs> small fridge and they caught him with it and he was like well i'm still gonna do it like if you take it away yeah. like i'll just wait till i'm done and do it like there's nothing like what he was saying was not i'm gonna defy you he's like fine i won't do it when you're here but like that doesn't change who i am like i still think it's okay and what's funny about that is, like, that's a, that was a school with a ton of rules, way more strict than Liberty. But the difference between the, the, the similarity between both of them is Liberty calls themselves a Christian university, and so does, so does, um, so did, so did BBC, and it, it was Christian leadership yeah, and Christian way, tones. Yeah, it's the people who run it are Christian. They're going to teach your, like, kids that you're sending there the right things, but it's up to, like, yep. even, well, you're an adult then when you get there, but it's up to you. To either keep it or like sneak out on a weekend or mm-hmm. on a weekday. Yeah, I, I think they call it the Liberty Way or something. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 gone to visits there before and seen stuff. I mean, it's it. I mean, also, it's not like you can stop everybody from interacting with everybody off campus. So you're gonna have you're gonna have those interactions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think Liberty's. That's the thing. I think people being unfair against Liberty University saying that nah, it's not a Christian school. <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think, you're right, I don't think if you walked around campus, you would find 100% Christian behavior and stuff, uh-uh. but you definitely have people teaching your kids the, the the Bible and teaching them about God and encouraging them in their faith. I read a book, um, I forget what it was called, but it was a kid who went from Brown University to Liberty and just tried to live their life, and I don't think he lied, but I think he was saying, like, yeah, I'm saved and stuff, so mm-hmm. I maybe he did lie, but he acted in that whole way and tried to live according to it and just talked about his time, and... Um, and he was kind of going, I don't know if he was going to expose it, but he wanted to just talk about it like this is what really happens. Yeah. And uh, and he was he was surprised to – he saw some inconsistencies because that's the Christian life, and yeah. to think we're perfect is stupid. But um, but he saw actually a lot more grace and people trying to help him and take care of him. He was, he was surprised by that, which I loved. It was like, yeah, it's kind of the point, you know. <laughs> the, I think the definition of the Christian walk is stumbling, falling, getting back up. That's the whole point. So, yeah, that's interesting. What do you think? That second one's tied in, that exclusivity factor. You said the n- number two reason um, millennials are not going to church anymore is the exclusivity factor, that judgmental tone. Do you think people who aren't a part of the church see churches as judgmental? Yeah, yeah, you definitely can, because it's just, I mean, it's not like Christians in general are just judgmental, but I feel like sometimes, I mean, I haven't had, I had like one time at school or something, somebody's like, oh, do you go like knock on doors and all that? Like, you know, the people who <laughs> knock on, I don't know what they are. Man. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. So I feel like people just connect Christian and then just bring a bunch of stuff into it hmm. and then kind of are like, oh yeah, you guys are weird like that. Or 
you're gonna like judge me if I walk in with like sweatpants on because that's not allowed. <laughs> Liberty or something like they just tie in anything they can to make it seem like they don't want to show up. Or that, come that'd up be with the way you and I would think about like Catholics. Yeah. Because I don't know much about not in a slander show, but like I don't know much about the Catholic yeah, do, uh, like, the practices prayer stuff and all that, and I wouldn't know yep. how to do it. Yep. And if they said, and if I were, I'd be like, well, if I were to go in there, I'd do everything wrong, and you're not gonna <laughs> want me there. Yeah. Which is just so funny because the same way for us. Like, yeah, if I wore sweatpants, it would be wrong. I mean, it's not. I guess depend where you go, but. Well, do you Here think do you think it's wrong? Um, do you think God's upset if people no. are wearing sweatpants to church? No, that's about I what mean, I when think. When I'm praying, I fall asleep half of the time, so <laughs> if he's not mad at that, he's not gonna be mad at my sweatpants at nighttime. So, like, it's all right. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. My grandmother used to say that. She's like, I think I you always know, do. Yeah, falling asleep praying, it's probably pretty great. I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's not <laughs> mad. I don't know if it's a bad thing that I fall asleep. Like, oh, it puts me to sleep, but it's just like I'm just talking and I just fall asleep. My prayers are so boring, they put me to sleep. <laughs> I put myself to sleep. That's amazing. Oh, I don't think God's going to sleep on your prayers. Uh-uh. No, hey, that that's fine. That's you're, you're praying. I would say, you know, and I, I think the first time I heard my grandmother say that, I remember thinking, well, I mean, good grief. If, if your practice of prayer is... That if that's it, like I pray and I fall asleep halfway to halfway through. I think about like you know Daniel praying, you know three times a day, pointed towards Jerusalem, really yeah. focused and intense. I'm like you know I'm not I'm not expecting anybody to be Daniel, but you know if all of our prayer life, like you, what I'm saying is you don't see the model in scripture. Like and remember when you're praying, if you fall asleep, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like cast all your anxieties on him and you know pray and talk to him and stuff it's if if you fell asleep halfway through this i'd be pretty upset <laughs> if every time we talked halfway through the I conversation you fell asleep. asleep come on man <laughs> can we talk for three minutes but but scripture calls him a father so he cares about us and he's yeah. not judgmental towards us <laughs> i sweat pants and i fall asleep in prayer yeah i don't think i i think there's a you know and i gotta dig into this more but I don't know if you'll love this or not, but from what I had heard, a lot of the getting dressed well for church started with, um, uh, man, I'm going to say it wrong. I think it's Constantine who became a Christian, this this king who became yeah. a Christian, and he started going to church, and everybody around him had to start dressing up because it's the king. If he's coming to you church, you to look good for him. Yeah, you're not going to look like a peasant, mm-hmm. you know. So they made sure that the people who couldn't dress well didn't go to that church, and then you created this. Isn't that nuts? A split, yeah. So this whole thing of like, well, now you have to dress nice to go to church, and then you and I are still dealing with that how many hundreds of years later? A lot of years. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's why I love taking time and sitting there and thinking about why do I do the things that I do? Because I don't like doing things just because 500 years ago some guy was blah, blah, blah. I can still do those things. I can still dress mm-hmm. up for church nice. I, I look professional on a Sunday morning, but I don't do it because um, Jesus is mad at me if I don't. That's no. That's insane. I feel like people judge uh, people judge off that sometimes too. Like I don't want to dress up and come to church. Yeah. Because then they feel it's like a duty, I guess, or like a yeah. Oh, I'm dressing up to go to my Easter service or something like that. Exactly. You're dressing up to go to your job and then dressing yeah. to go to church. It's like they don't want to. Yeah. But well, like, but even if you gave the dress down option, they still come up with some reason <laughs> to like complain or something. Well, one is that church feels fake. Two is that they feel judgmental, and yeah. then three is church. Church is not involved in helping community. I uh, I don't feel like it doesn't even if my church didn't like if the church it's already in the community like it's there for <laughs> you to show up to I wouldn't be mad like they're not yeah it doesn't say that any of these reasons are accurate right I mean I guess there's like a homeless person like if you're in like the city or something there's like yeah. obviously homelessness and like they're not I guess opening the doors or something maybe you would be kind of mad but like yeah overall it's 
it's already centered like a community center as itself. It's just a different like atmosphere, kind of not like you can do whatever you want, but it's Christian, so it's a little different. It probably depends a lot on like what you're saying. Your context is if you're in the city, you've got a call on you. You know, there's people that are hungry and, yeah. and needy every five seconds. Whereas, you know, we're in Bucks County, which is a, a higher-earning county. Yeah. We don't have as We certainly don't have a highway full of people or a road full of people in tents camping out somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be disappointing if there was, if there was, it's all hypothetical, a row of tents with people in poverty, and our church never did anything to talk to them yeah. or embrace them. That would be disappointing. But we don't see that a whole mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I would say in our community, we are... We are a community outreach. It just looks a different way. Yeah, Revivals I mean, looks like, different. We look different. Yeah, if they're in the city, like if you have own, a, if you buy a church in the city or start a church in the city, you're gonna expect that same kind of like, I guess, overlook on you. Kind of like, all right, guys, you're moved into this area. You're gonna like help with this area. Mm. When you're out here, it's kind of just like maybe like revivals. Like we go to like the townhomes and stuff, or to the apartment mm. complexes and all that. Yeah. Well, and there's certainly different needs, like. Some people's needs in, uh, you know, in some of these lower, lower class areas, lower earnings areas is um, low income areas is the, uh, you know, we need food for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to get our kids to school and, you know, we need clothes for them to go to school and stuff. Whereas around here, that's not the number one thing people are dealing yeah. with. A lot of the things people are dealing with around here right now has been, you know, drug addiction and experimentation and stuff. Um, underage pregnancies, um, sexual activity on that same vein. Um how to just raise a family, especially when there's nothing to struggle against, you know, that uh, those things are hard to, to define, but the church kind of has a responsibility to do, those, to do those things as well. What about this one? Christianity is aggressive and hypercritical. The number four reason millennials aren't coming to church. Aggressive is Christianity is aggressive and hypercritical, and the way they define that was anti-culture, or they reject culture, They're, uh, they attack culture or against culture. We mean like all, like... Give an example. So I don't think that our church, right? So first, we're not very uh, pop culture style church. Yeah. So we don't get on stage and play a game called um, Jesus or Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> and then put quotes up about yeah. from Justin Bieber songs and put quotes up from Jesus in uh, common English. And then say, <laughs> all right, which one was it? We don't do that kind of thing, do we? Mm-mm. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit different on that one. But I don't think we reject culture, right? No, I feel like I guess we just like embrace whatever's out there, but like you kind of have your own style of how you yeah. teach and stuff, but it can also be like, I guess like during all of this, like some churches might preach about it mm-hmm. and like the virus and all that, but like other churches don't. Yeah. Maybe that's like the only cultural thing right now. And then like yeah. even when stuff was normal, it was more like preaching kind of like I don't really know. I'm, mm. It's like the only thing that's kind of made well, an impact, I guess. Yeah, well, that is all-consuming. I, I think, I, yeah, they they reject culture. I think, okay, so social media is a huge hub of cultural activity, yeah. and the larger church has had a struggle to connect on social media. Churches for a long time like, eh, we don't really need that, do we? Mm-hmm. That, I think, is the thing for millennials. Like, okay, so I'm a millennial. For the for the church to maybe you should be interviewing me. Um, the <laughs> church, the the church, uh, the church at large to lean out and go. Ah, Instagram's dumb and stuff. Where I've seen a whole lot of good things come from that, yeah, and I works. connect. Yeah, it depends. Um, it depends on your church. Uh, 
Your demographic, is that the right word? Yeah, demographic. Yeah. Like yeah. You can't be like at a church like on the side of a highway that's like a little steeple with a bunch of old people. Like It's not going to work for Instagram. <laughs> Go on, guys, off. follow us on Instagram. Yeah, they're, they're better off with like a mail or like knock on your door and give you a phone call. But like social here, media snail mail. Yeah. <laughs> Sending postcards. Like That's like when you get a call and you like, let it go voicemail and be like, hey, it's the church on the side of the road, like that. But like for us, you can just shoot something on Instagram yep. and they read it and they're like, okay. Yep. And you know the information gets out there enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now that's, I think that's, that's the question about a dying church is has the church refused to engage culture and they want to redeem culture. So mm-hmm. use what culture is, but for good things. So I know our church has done a fantastic job with that. Gabe has done a good job of just getting us connected and staying on top of it. Yeah. And then everybody adapting to it, especially during, you know, it's July of the COVID crisis. Um, here's the last one. Inability to talk through controversy. What's a, what's controversial right now in your mind? Ooh, Ooh. a bunch of things. Like? Oh, for me or just everyone? Um, in my mind, I don't care about anything. What am I worried about? <laughs> if you're going to fight me, then I guess just fight me, but... Doesn't really affect me. Well, what are they going to cancel? Your job at Giant? Like uh, they already did for fourteen days. <laughs> yeah, because I went to a hot spot, so now I'm just a threat to everyone. <laughs> they did cancel you. That's fantastic. This is the best phone call of my life. <laughs> I said, "Good, I'm going to go file for some unemployment then and get some big cash." Did you get cash for two weeks? Uh, I didn't try. I had to put my, I think it's initial claim or something. Okay. In August, I had to do it. Hmm. You had to wait for a pin to come in the mail. There you go. Yeah, I'd take some money. Why not? They're going to call the lady at the store and be like, did you let Zach go for two weeks? And then she'll be like, oh. <laughs> now like, we're going to yeah, let him right. go forever. <laughs> like, I don't even, it's so. That's oh. uh, wild. I don't know who snitched on me, though. <laughs> I didn't tell that many people. I told a couple old people, and I thought they are the trustworthy ones. No, come on. They're loyal to the company. I told some man. guy at the gas station. He didn't care. I would, Maybe yeah. he snitched. <laughs> I don't know. And then everything started popping again, and he's like, oh, I got to tell. Yeah, then he told on me. I was already in New Jersey when they <laughs> called me. I was going to all the hot spots. <laughs> I was just passing it around. Zach, come on. Okay. That's unreal. No, okay, so controversial things. So the church has an inability to talk about, okay, Black Lives Matter. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Was that what you were thinking? I, yeah, I was going to say. I just didn't know if I should say it. Do you wish the church would talk about those kinds of things? Not just our church, but the church at large? Or do you feel like, oh, get off of it? Oh, no, that'd be pretty. that'd probably be bad. I mean, not not that it's bad to talk about, but somebody would take it and be like, ha-ha, guess what this church type we're talking about today. Mm, mm. And then, oh, if you go into that yeah. that area, it's rough. Well, this, even us talking about this, knowing this will be recorded and put, or that it's being recorded and put up somewhere, yeah. makes me a little nervous Yeah, immediately because you're broadcasting, you're broadcasting something that people disagree about heavily. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, so, like, yeah, so to talk about Black Lives Matters on something that can be, and it's not just that it's disagreed upon and then broadcasted, but that then it can be repeated on a cycle endlessly. Yeah. So if I, if I say anything um, in the next five minutes that somebody's like, that's horrible, then they can take it and say, see, it's recorded, listen to it again. That, that's intimidating. Yeah. So for the inability to churches to talk through controversy, I wonder if they're saying, like... I feel like they just don't want to touch on the... I guess like b- like big subjects right now, like the Black Lives, and then yeah. the. I feel like that's kind of the biggest thing right now. I guess like that's maybe like bigger thing. back the or not back the blue. That's for the other. That's for like yeah. the police and all that. But um, yeah, I feel like it's the Black Lives thing right now. That's a big. And they deal. just don't want to touch it because it's kind of. It kind of feels like I guess they have more power or something. Maybe like. Well, I they yeah. can tear us down, our whole church down. 
it certainly feels like it certainly feels like they own the conversation. Yeah. And the you're gonna do it wrong if the only th- you're gonna do it wrong. The only thing you can do right mm-hmm. is agreeing with them wholesale for their end. That feels yeah. like the only right thing. Whereas to me, I love nuanced conversation and and critical analysis and yeah. going, okay, well, what facet yeah, of this is? Yeah, you actually like do the like you would look up the facts and all that. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I heard my mom say this, and then I'll just like say that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I heard this, so yeah, this which must isn't be the accurate. best. I like, guess why I don't say that much stuff. But sometimes yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'll post this TikTok on my Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and and most people think it's not a big deal, and it probably isn't too big of a deal if one person with thirteen followers does it. But it becomes a thing when a crowd of thirteen million people are all going. Ah, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that much individually. That's always been the way. The collective is always stronger than the individual, yeah. and so the collective um, um, organization probably can look at an individual and they have no power. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm wondering like. Are millennials who are, you know, they're checking out a church going, the inability for churches to talk through controversy, I wonder if part of that is making a big stand, yeah. you know, or if they're saying just um, opening up the conversation. That's what I'm curious about. And I, obviously I can't know because I'm not looking at the data in yeah. front of me. Um, but I, my favorite thing is talking about the, like, transcending the topic, stepping back and going, well, what's at the heart of all this? Mm-hmm. You know, because the Bible's our guide. And uh, not the not not anything else. Not even our, you know, good constitution and our incredible bill of rights. It's just it's just not my guide for moral behavior. Um, so yeah, stepping back and looking at those things. Yeah, I feel like I'm, yeah, like they just kind of like there's teachings you can teach from the Bible and all that. But then I feel like the millennials are like even me or Gen Z, whatever. They're kind of just like eh, let's talk about something that's relevant. Like they don't <laughs> think it's relevant to talk about something that was wrote written of like yeah. however many years ago i think i think it's i think the bible is full of things like so okay so some of the disruptions that are happening right now i think the bible speaks right to them mm-hmm. i think it would serve everybody if there was a marriage between here's what the bible says about the things that are happening today well, yeah. like i was trying to find a ver- or i was just trying to find in general like because i guess like fighting the evil or whatever that's mm-hmm. right now because like the whole stuff getting exposed and everything mm-hmm. but like I don't know if the Bible even, I mean, it talks about evil and like fighting it, but Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of like, where do you draw the line as like a Christian or just even if you have a bigger following kind of, Mm -hmm. how are you going to represent yourself with like keeping what's good and kind of trying to stand against what could be coming in the world or something like that? Yeah. uh, There's a few quotes Christians will run to anyways, like it only takes a few good men doing nothing for evil to, uh, for evil to shine, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, or to take over. Um, but you mean like taking down statues and stuff? Yeah, like it's just like, yeah, because they're trying to like take control and kind mm-hmm. of I don't know like what's gonna happen, but like well, the, I, yeah, like the dictatorship kind of that's started a little bit, not that bad, but yeah. like it's it's getting there if it keeps going, right? But I feel like by November, <clears throat> by November the whole thing will be gone because it's kind of just whole political it was the virus yeah it was yeah. real like it killed people but now it's just like i don't even know what to believe the numbers or anything because you can look on google one night it's like down like five percent and it's like oh we'll put it up a little bit and then we'll bring it back down well there's all of this stuff is you know some of this stuff is indicators of things underneath yeah I, the issue is never really the issue with people when we counsel and talk we sit there and say the issue is typically never the issue so somebody gets really upset about something um, that you said or did it's typically not that they're upset about 
something in their own life. Like if somebody has a splinter and you bump into it or a cut on their arm and you bump into it, they're going to say, ow, that's yeah. not personal. They may say it's your fault and you may sit there and think it's your fault, but it's you. well, they got a cut and what, or they got a splinter. That was nobody's fault. That's just something that happened to them and it makes them sensitive about mm-hmm. things. So when people are really upset about stuff and posting about stuff and get angry about stuff, it's usually there's something else going on underneath. That issue is exposing it. And so for the na- for the nation, so um, this whole, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and George yeah. Floyd and all that, what's going on is there's, it's a, it's a sore spot, rightly so, for a large portion of our country, yeah. black or white, and they're talking about, they want to talk about, and they're going to talk about, um, hey, this isn't right. The the way this happens for these people in this way isn't okay. So those issues um, just exasperate the pain inside. So for for the mob rule right now on the left and stuff, there's things that they and and they might have. I would say some probably do have some good motivation in um, in expressing their frustration. Hey, it seems unfair for our generation that there's a lot of debt coming our way that we have to yeah. handle that we didn't put out there. Or there's a lot of screwed up things that we have to handle that we didn't decide on. And so now it's all on us, and we don't like that. Mm-mm. I can understand that. Um, but what they do with it obviously isn't right. Killing people, hurting people. Um, there's a couple of good thought leaders right now just overturning the apple cart, going, okay, flip this thing, and let's see what comes out the other side. That's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help anybody, even as screwed up as some things may seem right now. But as far as believers, what would you say, what would you say as believers we're supposed to be doing? Um, I mean, like, I don't want to say, like, get into all of it, but kind of just, like... Do you don't think it's right to get into all of it? I mean, you can, but, like, it depends what you post, I guess, to Mm. kind of be like, oh, Zach goes to First Baptist, but what the heck is this? Like, Mm. what is he, what is he posting, like, Mm. on the internet and all that? So, I mean, yeah, like, we're here to, I don't know, you try to, like, bring unity, I guess, Mm. which they're was i thought a little bit but i guess not enough yeah so i guess kind of just go with the flow almost but then if something starts to go a little bit off the Mm. that you know that's going to be off start to put your foot in there a little bit i think yeah i like that like just putting your foot in trying to trying to protect what is good even if maybe we weren't unified on everything in this country yeah we do have a great country like the fact that we have personal freedoms is a big deal and so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think God's upset with us um, to try to protect what's good about our... I mean, he says, pray for the people above you in leadership so that you may live peaceable lives. I, so I do that kind of a thing, a quiet yeah. and peaceable life. I would like to live... <laughs> I don't want to live a loud, disruptive, obnoxious life, not just my personality, but like, you know, world issues and stuff, um, and peaceable life. I don't want to be at war and all messed up. Nobody does. It's awful. So mm-hmm. like, I do want to pray for those things. I don't think God's... Especially if we post something, I think it goes. It continues to go back to that. What does love demand of you? If you love Jesus and He says love the people around you, that's a good rule for like. What would you post that? Does that show? Is that an incredible show of love? But also, ready. This is a weird one. Is I don't think Chinese believers are less believers because they live in a very restrictive government. No, like they didn't step up and demand their rights. They just kind of have to keep it. They had to keep it low key and just yeah. secret, so they can't obviously be like posting on Chinese. I don't even know if they have media, but they can't be right posting over there, being like, "Ah, Jesus," because then they'll just get like put in prison or something. Yeah, whatever their climate is, it's 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think if we'd be less of a Christian if we weren't as if we weren't as active. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you didn't stand up at all. Now that all those freedoms are yeah. gone. Well, it doesn't make me less of a Christian. I still follow Jesus. I still love him, and I still share him with people around me. It just doesn't look the same way as it used to. Yeah. So those are well, those are big thoughts. Those are well, who knows where the future is going? I right? don't know. <laughs> oh man, how is this? Do you feel like um? Do you feel like not just quarantine, but what we're going through and all that has changed you at all? You think uh, it's changed anything in you? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think I just, I don't know. I turned into like a by myself kind of guy now. Mm. But like not all the time. Like I have like two people, like three. Mm. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not like mad. I'm like, whatever. Like, I guess this is what it is. But you think that's more to do with quarantine or more to do with, or is there like, something to do with like school ending? Mm. Well, how many of your friends were friends just because you sat next to them in a class? Oh, yeah, you see people, like, here and there, like, it, yeah, I, I don't talk to those people, though, anymore, really, like, right. just the kid's a giant, and, like, hear a little bit, but mm-hmm. not even hear that much, because, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, you're not seeing each other face-to-face, uh-uh. face. it's very difficult. So, like, I don't know if it's, like, if we come face-to-face, face, is it going to make a difference anymore, or is it just kind of I think so. off and off? I think so. I don't think you can have pure, wonderful relationships online. Yeah. Like, you know. I've met some a few people online through the uh, regular guys hunting channel and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and I've talked to them, but I, I wouldn't say I have a relationship with them. No. We've shared information. That's about it. Yeah. I think you could build if you were FaceTiming every day. Then you're starting to see faces and like, ah, oh, we had this moment. But if you're not experiencing things together, I don't know how deep those relationships go. Yeah. Right? Riding in a bus, going somewhere yeah, with somebody every day. Daily, everything. You, you got to experience those things together. Yeah. Um, going on a retreat. That kind of thing. Oh, okay. That's a, a dive of relationships. Hanging out with somebody playing a game, that's a dive into relationships. But Yeah, that's kind of like where it, I guess, stopped. Well, it stopped for now because yeah. of the whole junk. But yeah. But you're a by-yourself guy now, and you're a very social guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can still be social, but, like, now it's like, oh, boy, i got to start again, <laughs> kind of. Like, it kind of went away. And, like, now I have to go to Wisconsin in, in like, almost a month. Like I'm gonna have to go to the airport and be like, "Hey guys, what's up? Here I am." <laughs> that'll like, be that'll so be that's challenging. Weird, but so what's Wisconsin? That's the training, right? That's the well. Now that's the Thailand trip, basically. Like it's what right. they gave us in place of Thailand. Yeah. So it's just domestic, and then we'll just. I think we work with like a church that takes international kids. Okay. We're like here for the I guess entire year, mm-hmm. and then you just do that Monday through Friday like a normal kind of work schedule, mm-hmm. and then you also deliver food and stuff. It's like a food bank they have. It used to be little, but now because of the virus, it got way bigger, and it's like 300 families per day. That's a lot. So, yeah, and then I'll do that, and then you come home for, like, the what college kids have, I guess, the normal winter break kind of, a little mm-hmm. bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then end of January, I leave for Honduras, Nicaragua, and some Costa Rica, I think. Great. So, yeah, and that should work out. It shouldn't be canceled again. <laughs> no, that's so far out. That should probably be yeah. okay. I mean, who are we? Just a bunch of yucks sitting around, sitting here thinking we think, ah, it'll be fine. <laughs> but that's great, though. That's good yeah. that they're still going to give you those things. Yeah, instead of three months now, it's six months of doing stuff. There you go. That's a, that's a good training in between. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to, you hope that that's going to lead you towards some um, vocation or direction yeah. in life? Yeah. That's, that's what good. I would hope. At least something to. I think it's probably better financially than just going off to some school and oh, hoping for three that. years. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Even Monica would have been a bad idea. I would have been lost there, too. Yeah, you think just wandering around the classes and stuff wouldn't have done it for you? I would just do gen ed and be like, okay, I did it. 
Let me. Like, I don't know what else <laughs> I even want to do. Okay, now I know math and history again. <laughs> I took it again. Let me. That's probably good. Failed. Let me redo it. <laughs> Who gave you that that idea to sit there and go different places and try things? Google. Oh, because because <laughs> in January I was by. I think I don't even know. Kate was at yeah. Kate was somewhere away, so I was like, okay, yeah. I'll just sit in my bed here and like go on Google. <laughs> and I was like, and then kids were talking about Senior Week, and I was like, no, I don't want to go to that crap. Yeah. And then there's another story for that, but I didn't want to go. And I was like, I texted Olivia, and I was like, let's go on a trip for like the week so yeah. I can skip Senior Week. And then that never worked out because I was like, that uh, trip, we never found anything. Yep. And then I ended up going to Senior Week anyway for like the last three days, and I was like, this is a terrible idea. All these kids are just <laughs> doing something. But I was there just to hang out. Playing Scrabble? Is that what oh, they were yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were playing Flash. They were playing, I don't even know what it's called, what headbands. <laughs> no, they weren't. But, yeah, no, that's they were drink, No, they were drinking and hanging out yeah, and stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> and then that company <laughs> came up, and then I was like, okay, I'll look into that. Mm-hmm. And then I had a phone call, and then they were like, yeah. And they signed me up, and then there I was. That's great. So it just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, probably God was like, knew I was going to look for that at least, and yeah. then he kind of put that in the in the page i guess and well he's certainly not going to let you waste it you know what i mean go in there he's not going to let you waste it um he'll use that in your life he'll Mm -hmm. he'll grow you in that and the nice thing is um now is probably your best time ever to do it as far as time wise Yeah, when you're young that's what everybody that's what everybody told me somebody told me and i thought i don't understand why they're saying it as much but now i get it well it's like not wanting to leave well everybody's going to college well okay online so it's kind of like you know they're going to be gone, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I kind of want to stay near and see what's going to happen instead of ditching and going to, like, Honduras or something. Because then you're away from everyone, and you're like, what am I going to miss? Uh, you, not much. Yeah. <laughs> Life rolls That's on, That's what man. you have to realize. you got to realize, fear of missing out is, what am I going to miss? Not not much. In fact, you might be the one doing most of the stuff mm-hmm. that people are missing out on. And two, again, how, like, how could I be? How could I go? How am I going to go for six months? Yeah, I got four kids to feed and the wife, and we no, got memories. Should have done when you were younger. What's that? Should have done it when you were younger. Well, that's the thing, and that's, that's why I did a couple from. of trips yeah. and stuff. Like I joined choir, and we did a trip around New York countryside, yeah. singing at all these little churches. <laughs> it wasn't world changing, but it was fun to just go see something different. I went to Canada for four months. That was fantastic. I did uh, camp counseling in between. I did I did random stuff during the summer, and it kind of um yeah, it doesn't produce a ton of money. I didn't become a millionaire over the summers. I don't know who does. <laughs> But you certainly do helps discover yourself, you know, because you're not who you totally are. The Zach Campbell sitting in front of me isn't the exact Zach Campbell that he'll be as far as your personality until you're like yeah. 25 and stuff. And then even then, hopefully, hopefully, if if um, if you're especially if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll just continue to change anyways. Mm-hmm. So th- those are all good things, and this is a good way for you to discover those things. And uh, sociologically. This is probably the best time to go uh, and not jump right into college because of the controversy surrounding the oh, yeah. investment rates of college, the cost, the debt. Oh, make it and free. The, uh, <laughs> you'd love that, wouldn't you? No, nobody would even... Then nobody you'd just get the potheads in there and they wouldn't do anything. <laughs> you just turn into... I mean, not the high, not the college for like the rich and pampered, but like, yeah. come on, you gotta. I'm su- I'm I'm sure I'm sure standards would lower. What they probably need to do is come up with some sort of regulation for the cost of college because it's why they have community college. Like, it's not that I, bad. Like if you want to go learn, I guess go there. But like, yep. If you want to get into like liberty or something, you can't be like, yeah, give me it. You gotta like pay. <laughs> you gotta pay. Prove your. Well, you just won't have liberties then. If liberty's got to be free, where are they getting their money from? You yeah. run out of other people's money, and then yeah. it's it's standards fall to the ground. So, yeah, 
Yeah, but they but they could do better to make college uh, a little cheaper, a little cheaper, and um, a little more helpful again instead of just a business. Because right now there's probably more business tones yeah. to it, getting people in and sending them out with a degree and going, oh, we got a bunch of money." So there's probably some, and again, not educated in yeah. uh, education alone, but it seems like there's some questions for them to answer. So, but that's, those trips will be great for you. You'll come back with a million stories yeah. and a million friendships. I still have some very strong friendships with the people that I spent time in Canada with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I were to talk to them today, I'd be like, oh man, like I miss you. How you doing? Those are good things. Yeah. They're worth it. So anything you want to say to the folks, anything you got on your um, mind, you need to tell teenagers you're heading out of youth ministry now. Oh man. It's like, all right, I'm walking away. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm in ninth. I'm in like sixth grade to eighth grade. Zach. You'd show up all the time. <laughs> show up to when Wednesdays, yeah. Sundays. Yeah. So Wednesdays will probably fade out by your time you're senior. Yeah. Try to show up. Yeah. Um, Sundays never. They never fade out. So just show yeah. up to those. Yeah. And yeah, that's about going the retreats. Oh man. Maybe not the middle school ones, but the high school <laughs> ones. Why not the middle? Why not the middle school? Too many activities. What do you mean? Too many things. I like to just relax. (laughs) That's okay. Middle schoolers are a little different. (laughs) You're the exact opposite. There's no middle school. Maybe he is listening to this right now. I don't know. There's a middle schooler who's gonna listen and go. Oh, maybe I mean, I'll... if they like games, they can go. But you know what the middle even school... if you don't like games, there's still snow probably, so you can go tubing. You'll have it's a blast. A good option. You know what middle school retreats were? They're always the kids are always asking us, "Hey, what's next?" You get worn out, man. What's next? I got worn out, and I was the one asking. <laughs> yeah, I was high school. You just wake up at like nine, or like eight thirty, and you go stand out in the snow, yep. eat food. Oh, well, I would say cultures flip flopped. Yeah. So originally, you'd go on those retreats after being like, you know, each week wasn't as there's not you know, 30 varsity or 30 travel team games and stuff. And there's not a whole bunch of activity and extracurricular. Mm-hmm. It was like, I go do I get done what I have to do. And then I go to church and it's and it's a frenzy of activity. Now the world is a frenzy of activity. And so people look for the to the church to like for respite and, you know, calm. Yeah. So when we go away on retreats, it's not like wake up at seven. We have so much to do. And now it's like <laughs> sleep until nine. We'll get there. You need this. Yeah. It's a healthy thing. So go to the retreats. Yeah, go to the retreats. Do all the summer stuff. Yeah. Help out when you can. Yeah. And help yeah, help set like, up chairs under tents when you can. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> we won't have to do that again. That's no, beastly, man. No more hot summers. Oh, it's use awful. use the AC next year. <laughs> I don't care what's going on. I'm going to be inside. Just put new filters in. I don't care. <laughs> anything. Yeah, just show up to everything and yeah. you'll have fun. Yeah. Make well, it's, it's scary to show up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even like... La- uh, not last year. I had, like, that period of, like, uh, I don't think it was this year, the beginning of this year or something. Last summer went haywire at, like, the very end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, boy, I ain't showing up anymore. <laughs> so Wednesdays, I would only come if, like, Olivia was here or something. Or yep. I'd show up if, like, Scott Ramsey was here. Yep. And that was it. But then it kind of was, like, changed on the retreat. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's why you're going to go on the retreat. Got to go on the retreat. And then I was like, okay, I'll show up all the time now. There you go. So, like, I had that, like, four months of, like, eh. Like, I went to Wednesday, or Sunday's just fine, but Wednesday was like, I could skip it a little bit. Yeah. Because just, like, everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. What you what you uh, commit to is what you're committed to, uh-huh. right? What you show up to, you're devoted to. So there's a little bit of a secret there. Yeah. So even if it doesn't feel like, ah, tonight changed my life, <laughs> it's okay. It's a building block. Yeah. You know, you need a lot of building blocks to raise a building. So, you know, get 50 of them down before you start evaluating. Was too worth it? I, uh, put 50 down. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right, Zach. Thanks for coming in, man. No problem. Thanks for talking about uh, why millennials aren't coming to church and you gotta show up. Where you gotta show up, man. Or at least just yeah. Well, you or can't start be... your own church. I don't know. <laughs> if you want a millennial church, 
Nobody would probably show up to that. I think, <laughs> I think you got to be part of the solution. If you don't like it, be part of the solution. Don't well. just stand around and criticize <laughs> it. What's yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah, well, how else are you supposed to fix those things, right? Just go with it. Yeah. Be the change. Yeah, that's right, man. That's what they always say. <laughs> All right, thanks, Zach. No <laughs> problem. <laughs>